Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. Good morning, Bethlehem Covenant Church. Thanks for joining us here on this February 4th. Uh, Glad that you were with us. Hope you've had a wonderful week. We've been having beautiful weather here. We've been having great opportunities to gather this week. Um, We've had uh, the youth go up to a worship jam, Christian concert, and last night to a ski trip. Uh, They're from Mount Crescent there in Iowa, and they had a great time. Some 50 teens are almost uh, going up there skiing. Because it's been beautiful weather, but also still lots of snow on the ground. So that was really good. And then today, we have our annual meeting right after church. And so we are talking about the past year and this coming year, some of the goals and dreams that we have for this year. And we also presenting our new budget and 25 new members and um, just kind of celebrating some things that God is doing. Um, If you want a copy of our annual meeting book, we've sent it out to those who are on our email list. But if you aren't on our email list and want a copy, we have printed copies here at the church or we have um, we can email you one. Just uh, text me, let me know, email me and and I'll get one to you. Um, We have coming up here in a week and a half. On February 14th, so Valentine's Day, we have our Ash Wednesday service at 7 a.m. in the sanctuary to kick off the Lent season. And so we'll have a song, we'll have scripture, a short little message by me, some times of prayer, and then we administer the ashes uh, for those who would like it. It can go on your forehand or forehead and and just a, a way to kind of throughout the day remember Uh, that Christ gave his life for you on the cross and it kind of kicks off the Lent season if you'd like to come to that that is on Wednesday uh, morning uh, a week from this Wednesday so February 14th at 7 a.m. we've also begun summer camp registration at Covenant Cedars and so we have particular discount that we're giving out to have all the families who register with us uh, to go to camp And so we have some codes here and some information about that. Again, you can talk to me or Pastor Jessica about that. And uh, we'll get you hooked up for uh, camp, summer camp for the kids. Covenant Cedars always does such a great job. uh, And uh, the kids love it. And they meet God there and spend time with the Lord. And so uh, something uh, hopefully your kids can be a part of this coming summer. All right, we're going to get into the message for today. And to begin... If you know the hymn, the old hymn, Be Thou My Vision, I just want to sing the first verse of that uh, to begin us today. And so if, if you know it, even wherever you're at right there, just sing along with me. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save me thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Psalm 95 verses 1 to 7 says this. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout out loud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, 
the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, and he who made it, and his hands formed the dry land as well. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. A pastor and a theologian by the name of A.W. Tozer once wrote, We must never rest until everything in us worships God. John Piper said, True worship is valuing and treasuring God above all things. Today I want to talk with you about worship, what it is, how we do it, and why worship matters so much to a healthy life in Christ. For we are studying the spiritual disciplines as we begin this new year, looking at the things uh, that the Bible teaches us to do as Christians. And it is my desire, as I hope it is yours, that we would live a life that is pleasing to God. And I shared our first week about how I have realized lately that I'm not the healthiest that I have been. I can kind of tell when I have been uh, spending not enough time with God in his word or prayer or rest because the fruit of the Spirit is, is often my gauge and that fruit can be a little low. <laughs> Instead of, of seeing and growing in God's love uh, for people in my life, I can be more irritated and impatient with people. Instead of that deep sense of peace and trust that comes in a relationship with God, I can have more worry and anxiety. Instead of joy, I can be low. Instead of self-control, temptations seem to be winning. Instead of gentleness, I can be quick to anger. At this uh, point in my life, I can just tell when I'm walking or not walking best with Christ. And so as we start this new year, I wanted to get us back into the spiritual disciplines and the things that God has given us to do each day to abide in him and let the good fruit grow, be healthier. And we uh, have already talked about prayer. That was the first one. And in particular, just taking a moment to start each day in prayer as we get up, you know, asking God for help and to lead us and guide us that day. And then also at the end of our day, before we go to bed, reflecting back over our day in prayer and what we're thankful for and where did we see God at work today? Where do we need to ask for forgiveness or help for tomorrow? After prayer, the following week, we talked about the importance of the scriptures for a healthier mind. The word of God makes us wise. It's a light to our path. And it is the primary way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us today through the word. The Bible is our daily bread. It keeps us thinking right. It is important to be uh, uh, something that we are in every day. We're to read it to our kids. We're to listen to what God is wanting to teach us through his word. And then last week we talked about work and rest and how God created the world in six days and then he rested on the seventh day. 
setting an example for us to follow. He made us to work, to do good work, whether we are a preacher or a cobbler or a piano teacher or a painter, a plumber, a farmer, or a mom. We're called to work, to do good work, to do our best for him. And then we are called to rest as well, to take a Sabbath at the end of a day, uh, to take a day during our week, to live in the rhythms of God, to go home and to be at home, to practice the gift of Sabbath rest and to light, to delight and enjoy and take time to connect with people that we love and the God that we love and to let our bodies and minds take a break and trust that he is our provider. So daily prayer, scripture, Sabbath, these are healthy things we need in our life. Today I want to talk about another, the fourth in our series, and that is worship. Psalm 95 is a call to worship. It says, come. Twice it says, come. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker, for he is our God. He is our God. And it says, we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. It says, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout out loud to the rock of our salvation. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. True worship is, we, is when we remember who our God is and put God first in our life. When we love him with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. When we realize and, and, and we, we gather and declare as a people, like Psalm 95 says, that he is our God. There is none greater or higher or more important than him. I read this interesting thing this week which said that worship <clears throat> is ascribing to the Lord the glory due his name. Ascribe means to attribute a quality as belonging to God. And so when we say, for example, that God is love, we are declaring this is who he is, love. When we say God is the king of all kings, we are ascribing to God that he is ruler over all and over all our life. When we say God is the creator, our maker, we're saying that we're not an accident that the universe didn't just make us, but an intelligent and loving being and all-powerful God did. And when we worship him, we are declaring who he is. When we sing that Jesus is the Son of God, when we say that he saves us from our sins, that he is the resurrection and the life, our eternal hope, when we speak God and say that he is our provider, he is our refuge, our strength, the one who heals us, who loves us, who knows us. Worship is adoring and ascribing to God who he is. When we talk about worship, maybe one of the first things we think about is our Sunday mornings together. Because one of the ways we Christians over the years have practiced this important discipline of worship is by gathering together on Sunday mornings. Why Sundays? Because that is the day Jesus rose from the dead. Here we meet in this sanctuary at a set time each week as one church family, and we break the bread 
and we remember him. We sing songs of praise to him. We pray for each other. We open up his word together and let it speak to us. We give it authority over our lives. This is our time of worship that we have each week, and it is important. We are declaring who our God is and who we are. Worship begins our week with God. It focuses us upward and what is true and right and good. It reminds us that we live in God's world and we are his people. And Christ is our Savior, the one whom we follow. This is a time of worship, of adoring and ascribing and honoring and exalting and meeting with God. Leo Hernandez uh, was my friend and he loved worship. Leo would sit in the same seat at the end of the pew each Sunday and he had a journal that he would write his thoughts and prayers in during our times together. That was one way he told me he stayed focused during the sermon. He would, he would take notes. He forgot his journal a number of times. It would uh, still be in the pew and so when I saw it I would call him and let him know that I had it and one time I looked in it, I admit, and I saw the notes of things that God had been telling him. I would often look over at Leo during worship and his eyes would often be closed and his hands would be open and sometimes he would just be listening to the words of the songs, reflecting on the scripture. Sometimes he would be singing loud, sometimes with arms raised, but all times Leo was meeting with God, loving God. Whether singing songs with joy or maybe at times singing through the pain, his heart was turned towards the Lord. He was worshiping. He sang songs of the goodness of God, of the mercy of God. He sang of the faithfulness of God. And the Lord gave him strength and renewed his hope and faith. Leo came to worship and maybe he loved it and did it so well because Leo knew life before worship, at least before the worship of God. For we all worship many things, but only the Lord can satisfy. And Leo knew that. Leo knew where he had come from, from the place the Lord had rescued him from. He knew the grace and love of our Savior, all that God had done, and he loved the Lord. He needed the Lord. And so he sang to his Lord, and he meant it. His heart was open to meeting with God. He used to tell me how we all should look forward to Sunday mornings and make every effort to be here because this was a really special time. This is when we all got to be together in our week, he would say, as Christians. This is the one time we all come together and worship and meet with the Lord. It's a special time, one hour only a week when we get to do this, this little taste of heaven, when we gather as one people to listen to God's word and praise his name, to lift up our heads and enjoy his presence this time was important to Leo. There's a story in John chapter 4 of a time when Jesus met a Samaritan woman at the well. She was a woman with a past, broken marriages and a broken life. And, and Jesus comes to her. It's clear in the scriptures that Jesus knew that she would be there that day. And so he came just to meet her. And as they talk and her story comes out, Jesus offers her salvation and 
hope and love and living water and a brand new life with him. It's a beautiful encounter of God's love and grace and forgiveness for all of us. And in that chapter, Jesus tells the Samaritan woman that a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. And then Jesus said, For God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now Jesus said this to her in response to the woman when she told him that she couldn't worship God because she wasn't allowed. Not only because of what she had done, she was unclean, but because she was a Samaritan and wasn't allowed in the temple to worship in Jerusalem. So Jesus told her, it's a new day. A time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And what Jesus was telling her and us is, is that because of him, because of God's love come down for us, because he came to the, go to the cross for us, we have now the forgiveness of sins. And that in him and by his blood, we are now able to approach the throne of God. When we weren't before, we now are able we are accepted in Christ. We are invited in Christ. Even us Gentiles, even us Samaritans, even those with a past. For all who repent and call on his name are now invited to come and worship. For everything that had once separated us from God, Jesus dealt with on the cross. And by his grace and power, we are not separated anymore. We who didn't know God now get to know God every day as he comes to live with us and be in us. We will know his love and we will live in it. And so that is why Jesus told the Samaritan woman that a time was coming and has now come when you get to worship God through the Spirit and in truth. She was forgiven and she would receive the Holy Spirit and the Spirit would dwell within her. And through that Spirit, she would worship God. Through the Spirit that He gives us, through the life that He pours into us, all that He gives, we give on back. His Spirit, His love, His life within us, drawing us to Him. Through the truth of Christ and the Spirit, we come. Jesus said, you're no longer having to travel to Jerusalem to worship God, to meet with God. You're going to be able to worship Him whenever you want. To know Him and to love Him every day. To call on His name. Just kneel where you are. Just lift up your hands in your living room and shout out your songs of praise. Because He hears you. Whenever you want to worship and meet with God, you'll be able to. Because of Christ. In the truth of Christ and in His Spirit we worship. We meet with God. And not just on Sundays, but any day. Any time. This is what Leo was doing. He wasn't just singing a song. He was meeting with the Lord. He was listening for our master's voice. He was worshiping God in spirit and in truth. I have a memory of, of one of the first times I remember worship being something more than just a song. 
I was at a youth group camping trip. I was probably 16, and there was maybe eight of us kids with our youth pastor and his wife, and, and we were camping out in Colorado somewhere near where I had grown up. And, and one evening after dinner, we were reading some Bible verses and singing together around the campfire, you know, the youth group thing. And we had done that a lot. It was all good. But on this particular night, I don't know how it all began, but the Spirit was just there in a deeper way. And we all started to share about our struggles. I don't know who began it or why we all did it, but we just did. We were just in the moment, being real with each other like we hadn't been before. We let our guard down, which as a teenager was huge. But we just opened up and trusted each other and began to share about our real fears and insecurities and struggles with temptations and things in our family. And and that night we just cared for each other. And our youth pastor had some scriptures that we read about how the Lord loves us. And it, it was just like the Lord was right there with us around that campfire. It wasn't just a singing songs. We felt his love and his presence. And we could see the truth. And we were genuinely sorry for our sins. And we just cried together, encouraged each other, and, and prayed for one another. And we sang. And we sang a song that we had sung a number of times at youth group. But that night, it was just different. It was more than a song. And I've never forgotten the words. It just seemed to fit that night. The song goes, I stand to praise you, but I fall on my knees. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is so weak. Light the fire in my soul fan the flame make me whole lord you know just where i've been so light the fire in my heart again light the fire in my heart again i feel your arms around me as the power of your healing begins Your spirit moves right through me like a mighty rushing wind. So light the fire in my soul, fan the flame and make me whole. Lord, you know just where I've been. So light the fire in my heart again. Light the fire in my heart again. We sang as teenagers. We shouted out into the night, and something was different. The words meant something. They were our prayer. They came from the Spirit. Our song that night sung to God Himself. It was worship. God touches our life. He reveals the truth. He sends his spirit and we respond. It is declaring his worth. It is adoring him, praising him for the truth of who he is. It is magnifying the name of the Lord. He is the rock of our salvation. He is the great God, the great king above all gods who came and got upon a cross for us. He is the one who made us and knows us and where we are today. And everything 
about us, and yet still, he says, we are his. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. He is over all things, including me. It is praising him for who he is and thanking him for what he has done. It is surrender. It is worship. There have been a couple times in, uh, when the worship song, Blessed Be Your Name, was a powerful song in worship and groups that I've been in. The first time I remember was when I was serving in Canada and they had to close Covenant Bible College and it was so sad. Everyone loves CBC. 60 plus years of ministry. Did so many great things for so many kids. But lower numbers and rising costs. They tried everything to save it. Couldn't make it work. And so I remember at the conference annual meeting where we officially had to close uh, close its doors. All of us pastors and teachers uh, of CBC were there and people shared stories and tears and memories and then the worship leader stood up and led us in the song blessed be your name and the words of that song are some of the most honest that I know they are blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful where your streams of abundance flow blessed be your name blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place when I walk through the wilderness Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. And when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. All us pastors sang that song in that context, and it was a powerful time of worship. For things had not turned out like we had hoped, which can be the truth of all of our lives at times. Amen. Things don't always turn out like we had hoped, but in our worship we're saying, but God, you are still God, and I will ever love you. I will trust you and choose to bless your name because I know you in here and that you are good and right and holy and just and you care. And so that day we sang, knowing him and trusting him that for whatever reason, whatever his will, we bless the name of the Lord. For he alone is seated on the throne and he is still working despite what we can see now. He has done great things and he will do great things tomorrow. However he chooses because God is always making beauty come from ashes, new life from death. And so even though we might be sad and disappointed, we worship and we praise the name of the Lord and it brings everything into proper perspective and hope and faith. Another time we sang, Blessed Be Your Name, was at the funeral of the baby of some of our dear friends. Their daughter, Nevaeh, died just hours after she was born. It was a terribly sad time, filled with many tears and questions with no answers. And some of you know what I mean. Well, at her funeral, Nevaeh's dad, Mike, wanted to lead the song, Blessed Be Your Name. He was hurting, but he got up there and he led with real faith and real tears. He wanted to because he knew the Lord. And he knew how much the Lord loved him and his baby and was there helping his family through and now held his daughter in his everlasting arms. And one day they would see her. And so even in tears, even without the answers, we the people of God worship God. In every moment, we remember the Lord. We lift up our heads and our hearts 
to the one who saves. I think of Paul and Silas in that famous story in Acts 16 where they go on his missionary journey that God leads them on, leads them on but the crowd turns on them and beats them and locks them up in chains into a dungeon all for preaching Christ. But Acts 16, it says that around midnight, these two guys start to sing hymns and pray. They begin to worship God. And the other prisoners listen. And the Bible says that as they praise God, their chains miraculously came loose. And the prison doors flew open. I love that story. Because it's in the middle of the darkest hour. They praise God. They continued to worship the one they knew. And as they lifted up their hearts to the Lord, their situation changed. And maybe you have found this to be true, that when you praise God in the storm, when you worship God in the hardest of times, that's when you really meet Him and find the strength and the hope and the victory because God inhabits the praises of His people and chains do still come loose. It's because worship focuses us on God and who He is and what He's about and how He never lets go. Paul wrote in Ephesians 5.19, we're to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in our heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of Jesus. Worship is such an important and key discipline of the Christian life. Don't let Satan steal your song. Don't let him silence your voice of praise. Don't let your context or, or hurt or, or busyness stop you from worship. For worship is what you need. It puts us in our place under Him. It focuses us on what we should be focused on, Him. It puts God at the center of our life again, where He belongs. Worship magnifies the name of Jesus. Think about a magnifying glass and how it enhances and brings certain things into clarity. Well, worship magnifies Jesus. It brings Him into focus. Our salvation, our help, our reason, our future. Too often in our life, we magnify the wrong things. But Jesus said the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. So how can we practically make worship more a part of our life? One, make Sundays important. Make them more than just another day. Do what Leo did. See how special it is when God's people gather for worship and come and be a part of that. Make it a priority. Come when you feel it and come when you don't. Drag yourself out of bed. Set apart the time. Come when life couldn't get any better and come and worship when you're right in the middle of a pit. Come and sing uh, when you really believe it. Come even when you have your doubts. Come and worship your king. Praise his name. Speak it. Shout it. Magnify Jesus and not your problems. For he is the Lord, the answer to all of our problems second thing you can do to practically make it more a part of your life is make worship a daily thing not just a sunday thing for worship of god was never meant to be just once a week but worship is our whole life we worship publicly and personally we grow in our love and desire of him by spending time with him one by one uh, like any relationship so add things to your day that simply praise and adore him for example, at home, you could read a psalm and actually read it out loud to him. You could take a walk out in creation and, and just notice how beautiful and, and give God the glory for it. Just say it out loud. Thank you, God, for making this. 
All of creation declares His glory. You could say thank you when you see God do something in your life. Just give Him credit for it. All good things come from God. Just as you go through day, things come to your mind. You know, say, you know, man, I got a wonderful mom and dad. Thank you, Lord. I have this job. I, I know you provided it. God, I, you've given me the harp and hope in my heart today. Thank you for my church family. Just acknowledge God with praise and tell him you love him. As parents, do this in front of your children that they might see and come to know the love of God too. You could share one thing about the Lord you love. You could do that as a family or just in the, your own personal prayer time. Just begin your prayers with praise. You could turn on the uh, praise music uh, at your home or in the car. Worship is important because without regular worship of God, we begin to think we're the center of the universe and not Him. We begin to worship other things and live for those things instead of God. We begin to trust in other things instead of God, follow other things instead of God, believe false things instead of the true things from God. So remember the first commandment is to have no other gods before Him, and we've got to guard that. We're tempted every day by Satan to make something else our God. But we're told in Proverbs 4.23 to, above all else, guard our heart, for everything else flows from it. In Jeremiah 2.1-4, God said, I remember the devotion of your youth, how you used to love me and follow me. Now you've strayed so far. You've followed worthless idols and become worthless yourselves. We become like whatever we worship. So worship the Lord and fill your thoughts with Him, because He alone is worthy. There's only one God, and He loves you. Only one who has the power to save. Only one who knows us like He does, who made us and we're His. So bring worship back to your life. But then the third and final thing I mentioned about how we practically can live this life of worship is from Romans 12.1 where it says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is saying worship is obedience. It's even just doing what God said. It's putting him above. It's laying down our will for his. This is at the heart of worship. It's saying, God, you're my God, and I live my life for you. Whatever you desire, whatever you want from today, I give you my life. This is what A.W. Tozer meant when he said, we must never rest until everything in us worships God. That every aspect of our life would come under the lordship of Jesus Christ that would seek to love and glorify him. It's giving God every part of you. He who gave himself to you, will you trust him by giving him the control of your life? It's worship. Every day you have the opportunity to worship God, to love him in just your daily actions of acknowledging and surrendering to him. You are saying, God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church's information and events, head to bccwaverly.org.